I'm David S. Dawson from the Intellectual Podcast, a show that spotlights creatives from all walks of life. Part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other incredibly geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Lovely people in internet land, and welcome to episode 82 of Game Life Balance Australia. I'm your host, Robert Bailey, and I'm joined, as always, by noted expert on baboon-ass coloration, Andrew A.C. Yoshimura. Well, they come in a variety of colours. It's so fantastic. I mean, look... All the colours of the bow. (laughs) You stole my joke, you (laughs) bastard. That's all I had going for this segment. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. I'm I mean, terribly sorry. There's blue. There's green. Mm-hmm. The only the only ass mm-hmm. in the mammal kingdom that goes green, mm-hmm. other than me on a Friday night with too many vodka and Red Bulls. <laughs> That's right. Yep. Fascinating asses. Mm. The the baboon ass. Yes. They- I could talk about them all day, except all I know is that they. Shave them regularly. But you can buy Andrew's coffee table book, which is uh, some lovely full-colour plates <laughs> you can enjoy in your own time. All I did was... You, you remember that uh, from the early 90s? Mm. Um, there was this person called Madonna. I think she's dead now or something oh, like that. Oh, yes. The Virgin she, Mary. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. She, I think she died like early 2000s or something. Right. Anyway. Um, good innings. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, she survived the 80s and 90s. Not everyone can say that. No, I didn't. Uh, and she had this book called, I think it was just called Sex. Oh, that's right. Yes. And it was like a that. coffee table book of just like her naked doing all these household chores and just like, <laughs> I don't know, hanging off the back of a truck or something. I'm, I don't think I've ever really seen it. All I've really done mm. is I've just slapped one like bright pink assed baboon <laughs> on the top of that book and just left it there. Right. Sold a million. <laughs> Just a post-it note with huge the a butt drawn on it. <laughs> it. Turns out you can't tell the difference between a baboon's ass and Madonna. Yeah. To be fair, you couldn't see her face in many of those pictures anyway. Yeah, look, there's a lot of distracting material. Was that around the time of the pointy bra? I th- Do you remember no, that? Oh, jeez, like you- the conical bra. <laughs> <laughs> she she was Maybe. known for yeah probably yeah there was a lot of weird things she was known for I think yeah yeah early nineties probably yeah I mean she she tried it she I tried it on for a while look look I look I love Madonna she's she's great she's a great person I just don't know whether any of that came off as sexy <laughs> looking know, back no do you know what I at mean time like so the the yeah. one you know, the the reason she shot to fame. Was at the MTV Awards, I want to say. She did Like a Virgin and she just basically sang that while dressed in a negligee in bed, touching herself all over while seeing this. Mm. And if there was an internet, it would have gone nuts. 
I think the, uh, there was like, she, and didn't she do some sort of weird like blasphemous stuff that got her popular? I mean, her, the, the very name itself is, is 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 in some ways antagonizing to to Christians. I think but, she did a couple of um, those like controversial things like as a well. Film clip her. where like there's a there's like this cross in it or something like that. Possibly. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't. I only like one Madonna song. Which one's that? It's the um, Faster Than a Speed of Light or Ray of Light. Oh, that one. Quicker yeah. than a ray of light. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if yeah. that's the actual name of the song, but I quite like yeah. that song. The other ones, I don't really like that much. Not a fan but I don't of holiday. Mind them. Not, a fan Not of really. No. Rain or Vogue. No, or... I I specifically did not like Vogue. Actually, mm. like I, I was just maybe at a preteen stage where I just hated anything popular. I don't know, but just, I, I still don't like that song to I'm this day. St- I'm still not sure what she's talking about in that song. I, I don't think see. she knows what she's talking. I about. I think it's fashion. I think she's talking about fashion or someone by the name of Vogue. <laughs> I actually knew someone by the name of Vogue. Charles Vogue. <laughs> no, 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 Vogue. I actually knew a girl called Vogue. Oh, her name. Oh, her first name was Vogue. Her first name That's was actually Vogue. That's a very Brisbane first name. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm sorry, Vogue. I'm sorry. She was a very Brisbane person. <laughs> I'm very sorry. I know you're listening. Although, although she was one of two people on the face of this, the face of this earth mm. who could actually get away with calling me Andy Rue. Andy Rue. Because I both hate Rue as mm. a nickname and yes. I hate Andy as a nickname as well. Wow, but she doubled it up. She did double it Andy. up. She's, and there was someone else who used to call me that, but he's dead now. He died of cancer in, the, in like the early 90s. <laughs> you know, the most bogan name I ever saw, at least for a female, mm-hmm. um, was on a, a document that I came across at work. And I won't describe the document because that will incriminate me. But it, the name was K-San, as in, oh. as in the Jimmy Barnes <laughs> classic. They somehow managed to turn that, what is a, a Vietnamese, like it's a region or a city in Vietnam yeah, or a town or something. Yeah. And they turned that into the name of a song. And then this girl's parents, evidently, <laughs> I assume, um, um, turned that song name into, into a, a person name. A K-song. So her name is, she's named after a, a, a region in Vietnam. <laughs> but, she probably doesn't even know it. But, but actually named Bandy after a song hair. by Jimmy Barnes. <laughs> so, yeah, that was like, Wow. You've had quite a life, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> you poor dear. Let's just um, say she probably has tattoos above the neckline. <laughs> After listening to this episode, she will. Because today we are talking about the very game that made me the man I am today. Angry at trains. <laughs> At the schedule they keep. That's a segue. Shut up. We are going to be playing the arcade classic Dencha de Go. Andrew, yeah. What's denture de go mean? What? You don't know what denture de go means? No. But it, it's written all over everything. Like it's it's even got its own special controller we played today. We've been playing it for the past two hours. I know, but I just well, I want to know what the words mean. What do the words mean? Okay, denture means train. Oh, uh, de is just like a grammatical point in uh, like grammatical particle in in Japanese. In Japanese, it means nothing. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and go mm-hmm. means go. Not five. Okay. Which is Japanese for five. Like the imperative? Like go go as in like... Yes, exactly. Go train, go. Yeah, so it basically translates to go train. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good because I I support that sentiment. And you know, AC, you know, it's timely Mm. that we're doing this episode right now because it was not that long ago that the the beautiful city of Canberra that we reside in uh, opened up its first actual real tram line, which is almost like a real train... That a real city might have. Well, I mean, none of it's real, but sure. You know, I mean, it is It is a light rail. It's an imagination train. 
It's kind of like it w- it wanted to be a train but gave up halfway through. It's like the little went, engine oh, that could, except it couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> Which kind of describes Canberra as a whole, really, doesn't it? <laughs> I took I took the tram to work. I've been taking the tram to work. So you've actually been utilizing public transport I have. in Canberra. You know why? Because I believe in the environment, specifically in ruining it. <laughs> but I really believe in that. Oh yeah, well, I mean, I believe in the environment. I can tell you it exists. Yeah, I go it's around, outside right now. I go around on bin bin day, right? What yep. I do, this is what I do. AC mm-hmm. on bin bin day, and yep. I get I get the people's recycling bins, and mm-hmm. I empty them into their into their garbage bins. Well, and um, I go, ha ha, environment, take that, and then I right drive off laughing. Well, well known conservative there, um, Robert <laughs> yeah, Bailey. That's right. <laughs> so that's what all that's what all me and my buddies are doing now with so, the election looming. We're out there tipping over recycling bins. <laughs> It's like cow tipping, except there's yeah. no cows in Canberra, so we do it to recycling bins. Yeah, I get a big pile of plastic and I set it on fire, and then I laugh, and then I kick over someone's recycling bin, and then and that then. sounds pretty fun, actually. Just <laughs> the is. laughing part. It's a good time. So you've been catching public transport, and I don't see any stab marks on you. Yeah, but yeah, because these trains AC. Let me tell you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just did the Italian finger kiss move. Yeah. You okay. can't see that at home. No, people, no. This isn't. This is they're, not. A, they're a cleanly video recording and ninety nine percent. heroin addict free (laughs) were you the 0.1% Robbie perhaps (laughs) okay so I have actually taken the tram as well oh you have I have yes how did you enjoy that particular experience you know what I will say skepticism I had had a lot of skepticism about this tram you were pretty skeptical it takes 15 minutes to get from Gungahlin to the city so that's a pretty darn good reduction in my commute I would say it's about 25 minutes 20 yeah about 20 20, 25 minutes still a lot quicker than the bus yeah that's true I I don't disagree with you there Mm. because all the traffic signals have to basically give way to the tram yeah that's right except like in the very middle of the city where it's really busy I'm actually interested whether it's actually made the traffic if you're driving, if it's made it actually worse. Um, it's about the same. Mm. I drive in and it's about the same. Because my- the tram doesn't go anywhere near my house. I'd have to drive into Gungala, yeah. leave the car there, yeah. get on the, you know, wait to get on the tram, which is really crowded and busy, and mm. then go in. So yes. And then walk to work. It's 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 a bit of a tricky thing. See, I was I was concerned I would never take the train mm. because the bus I used to get, it would stop at Gungala, but then continue on to the city, you know, and terminate mm. there. So I was like, well, what? I'm never going to get in the train. Why would I get off this perfectly good bus? Well, because oh, they just changed the bus routes to force you to take the train. Well, so, yeah, I mean, um, I can see why they would do that. Yeah, so I had no option. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm taking the train to work today. So that was fun. Um, but yes, I in my real life, I just sit on the train and, and passively wait for the train to arrive at, at my station. But this game, AC, this game puts you in the hot seat, by which I mean the driver's seat. Is it a driver? A conductor? Uh, ooh. I would say driver because he drives trainologist. the train. Uh, conductor, I always think, is someone at the, the back end of the train. Ah, uh, okay. But I could be wrong there. Oh, the, I don't know what the conductor is. It's the guy with like the, the little stick. Yeah, the like, little flag. He kind of goes, you know, he kind of makes the motions to... Yeah, I, th- I you think can't so. See, you can't, again, you can't see what I'm doing at home. I'm making a joke about classical music conducting. It's not working. Let's move on. Yeah, no. It, yeah, I didn't even pick up on that. I just thought there was like a guy at the back <laughs> of the train. It was such a good joke that it went right over your head. Yeah, a good, great joke. Fantastic. All, all One, good, 10 out of 10. All good jokes do. Yep. <laughs> Zing. So before we move on to the actual game, <laughs> Sorry, did you actually enjoy the tram? You like, know what? The actual tram itself? Yeah. Not the game? Um, yes. The it's, tram it's, itself. it's fine. You know, the. My one complaint, which is a really stupid complaint, yeah. and very specific to me and my the problems I have in my life, is that 
I used to do a fair bit of reading on the on the on the bus. Yeah. And actually would bring my notebook with me and get some work done for my astrology like side hustle. Yeah. And I can't do that now because the train takes the train is so quick <laughs> that I can't get much in the way of work done. So I'm like, damn it, I've got to find some other time in my day to do this. So you're complaining that it's too quick. It's too good. It's too efficient. It's too efficient. I'd like a nice a nice traffic accident or something to slow down the train in the mornings. Did you um <clears throat> But so, I do like it. I think it's good. I that's think, good. I think it's... Yeah, it works well. And you know, the thing is, I've never rocked up to the station and then not been a train there just waiting for me. Okay. Which is great as well. So. That's good in the mornings. Yeah. Do, do you actually get a seat though? Look, mm, yes. If How keen are you? Like, usually when I, by the time I get on the train, it's bizarrely already full of people. Um, but usually the priority seating is, is, is free if you want to, like, you know, just push a granny onto the, the side of the... <laughs> Which I've seen you do multiple yeah. times. Get out of here, Gramps, I say as I... <laughs> oh, nice walking stick. Oh, I'll take that too. And then you beat him over the head with it. Okay, so denture to go. For five minutes, it's six minutes in and we haven't talked about the bloody game yet. So denture to go is actually um, a train simulator game yes. from Japan. That's right. By Taito. Mm-hmm. And it started its life off as an arcade uh, in the late 90s, yeah. and it was incredibly popular. I say late 90s, actually 1996. Yeah. But it um, it is a massive cabinet, this thing, actually. Mm, and okay. you don't shoot anyone, yeah. and you can't crash into anything. Nope, you can't die or you kill anyone. You can't die. Um, you just have to adhere to the incredibly strict timetables mm-hmm. that Japan trains are known for. And these timetables, let's be clear here, they're down to the second. Yep. So it is... <laughs> it's very challenging. It is a very challenging game. It's mm. a fun game and mm. it's it's kind of born basically its own series. Like Denshi to Go started off in the arcade. Mm-hmm. They did Denshi to Go 2 and 3 and 4 and they kept continuing the arcade and then they did them on the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. I think there may be a Saturn version as well. Mm-hmm. And there's also a PC there's version. A PC version. Dreamcast as well. There's a Dreamcast version. I've seen that the Dreamcast one is very expensive and I'll tell you the reason why. So you can play this game with a controller. But you'd be a sucker if okay. you played it like that. Because a lot of these tra- uh, these uh, Denture to Go games mm. came with or were bundled with a train controller. Yes. So it's like this slab of plastic. And it kind of looks like a like a prop from the Doctor Who from the 1960s. Like yeah. TARDIS or something. Something like that, It's yes. got like a lever that you pull down that's marked from one to five and, mm-hmm. and steady. And then there's a brake that kind of twists off on a knob. Yeah. Um, kind of horizontally. And I'm assuming that's meant to replicate something approaching what actual train driving controls are like. I guess so, yeah. Um, at least in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they were digitally controlled at all. In fact, I don't think there's a good reason to upgrade any of those trains with their controls if they work. They're probably fine. Yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, exactly. But the, yeah, that controller is is pretty cool. It looks a bit intimidating. Yeah. But when you actually play the game, you realize this is pr- this is absolutely like the optimal mm. way to play the game. So basically, you see mm. um, out the front window of a train. Yeah. And then it will tell you to go. You push the le- you pull the lever down mm-hmm. to 5 and then you push when you get up to the optimal speed, you put it back in its start position. Mm-hmm. And when you're coming up to a station, you slowly ease the brake on mm-hmm. and then you stop within one I think I think in easy mode it's five meters. Yeah, there's the 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 tricky. There's so many things about this game that are tricky because yep. it's not just about getting from A to B. That would be too easy. You have to get there. You have to get from A to B on the timetable, 
without going too fast or too slow, mm. without slamming on the brakes and upsetting the passengers. You have to remember to do things like beep the horn when you go through tunnels and over bridges. Yep. Um, there's all these little things that you have to keep an eye on, and the game has a pretty good like heads-up display. But you've got to keep an eye on like how fast you're going, how far away the next station is, how much time you've got left, all these different things. So it's very involved when you're playing it. You're You're actually kind of engaged quite like intensely when you're playing the game mm. it's not relaxing really no it's not and uh, that's one of the things about this game is that i knew it was difficult but mm. i thought because i'd played it in the arcade before and gotten nowhere mm. like I, I failed really badly yeah um, but i thought it was fun so actually when i was in japan last time i found a controller for the ps1 mm. and a copy of denshi to go one mm-hmm. and i actually ended up getting a copy of denshi to go two for the ps1 as well mm-hmm uh, and I thought, oh, these have. It says it has an easy mode and everything. That must be much more relaxing. Mm. Nope, it's just a little bit easier, but it's still very. It's still quite hard. You have yeah. to pay attention a lot, and there are like large kind of swaths of time between stations where you're not doing anything. You can like there are moments where you can kind of like let go of the controller for a bit. Yeah, um, but but they're few and far between. But the th- you see, Japan takes their trains really seriously. Yes, like, that's it's true. Kind of like if you are a. Uh, a train driver mm. on a popular route mm. in Tokyo. Mm. It's basically being akin to like a like a like uh, a pilot flying a plane for mm. a commercial airline or something. It so pays real, yeah, 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 yeah. And people take it super, super seriously. And like, there are so many exams and so many timetables you have to follow. And they're so rigid and so disciplined in the way they drive these trains mm. that everything just works incredibly to time. Like you can mm. literally set your watch. To these things. Yeah, yeah. The only time when they don't run to time is when there has been an, an accident. And I say that in inverted commas, which usually means a suicide, mm. which is quite sad. Yeah. Um, so these like these, these games are serious business. And they were super popular mm. in Japan. Like, everyone loved them so much. The graphics... Uh, uh, Look, it's a PS1 game. Yeah. Look, <laughs> you know, it's not great. Yeah. But you can kind of tell, you know, people... The frame rate isn't perfect, but... Mm things kind of pop in very quickly. It's like, I can't see the station. Then all of a sudden, the station kind of just pops in. Yeah, that's right. There's a lot of pop-up. It kind of reminds me of how, like, Daytona is on PS1. Yeah. It's similar like those early 3D arcade games. When you bring them across to a home console, you know, yeah, you're losing a bit of fidelity. You're losing a a bit of, like, draw distance. Um, But you know what? It wasn't that much better on on, uh, in the arcade. arcade Yeah, yeah. yeah, it It was a lot bigger. And it was probably a bit more powerful, but I don't rec- I don't remember the graphics being particularly spectacular. It was just like mm. like a really Japanese fun game to play. I don't think yeah. any of them have ever come over to the West. No, it's, from what I read, um, it's only ever come out in in, in Japan. Mm. Um, I should say, like, just to be clear, this game, like, technically, it's a train simulator, mm. but it's probably the l- most low key easy to get into train simulator that's out there having i mean i haven't actually played any other train simulators so i'd have nothing to base that statement on other than from looking at them they look really complicated and and like trying to be a sim whereas this game is an arcade game yeah it has some sim like elements but essentially it has has a lot of features you'd expect from an arcade game like there's a timer if you don't get to the next station within a certain time limit you know, after a few stuff ups like that, you run out of time and the game's over. And that is sort of reminiscent of games like Daytona and stuff like that, where there is a timer and you have to keep going through checkpoints. So it has that arcadey 
element to it. Yeah, it's um, because it's not a racing game. No. It's a, it's a time-based game, but and it is a simulation, don't get me wrong. Mm. But it is an interesting... Like, because Japan takes their train so seriously, this game is taken pretty seriously. Yeah, definitely. There have been people who have played this from when they were very young mm. and loved it so much that they grew up and wanted to be, you know, train drivers. Yeah, I can imagine. I can actually, like legitimately see that as, mm. a, as a thing i mean i know that this this happens with games like my brother's really into cars now and i think a large part of that if i'm honest is because of gran turismo when he was a kid mm. and how much he liked that game so um yes games can prepare you for 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 a career as the military knows only too well you see <laughs> um but yeah so yeah. the other thing is that we played two versions of the game today we played yes. denture to go mm-hmm. and denture to go 2 yeah denture to go 2 is a sequel um, despite being on PS1, it has a much better frame rate and improved graphical fidelity, I, I think, think so. to say. It's noticeable. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's a lot harder because there's a lot more rules. Like, it actually penalizes you for not tooting your horn. Mm. And you've got a three-meter stopping distance rather than a five-meter stopping distance. Yeah. It certainly seems like they brought that game out for the people who mastered the first game, back, you know, back to front to, to give them something to, like, you know, chew on, essentially. Yeah. Because um, yeah. uh, it is, yeah, I, we, we, we all noticed the difficulty spike with um, with number two. Um, but, yeah, the graphics do look a bit nicer and the, the, the frame rate is the frame rate is noticeably better. Like, mm. it, I think it's, I think it might be 60. We, um, did, we did finish one course the first mm. time and then we did a Shinkansen, which is a bullet train. Oh, that was difficult. And yeah. it was the second easiest one. And like Rob went, oh, I just need to speed up and go between these two places. But it, it adds all of these rules and caveats like, you know, oh, you didn't slow down to 45 immediately here. Oh, you didn't speed up here. Oh, you didn't toot your horn here. And then mm. game over. Yeah, it's it's tricky. The way that the game penalizes you is I'll try and explain that I see, mm. but I might, I might not be able to do it well. But you have... You have this timer. You have a timetable, right? Like, say, I don't know, it's 11 o'clock in the morning. You've got to get to the next train station at, like, 11.02 and 35 seconds or something like that. So you've got two minutes, 35 seconds to get to the next station. Now, if you go over that time limit, you have this, like, reserve of, 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 of time. And it might give you, like, 40 or 30 or something like that when you start the game. And for every second that you go over your timetable, outside of your timetable, you lose one of those points from your reserve. And once your reserve is depleted... Game over. Yeah. So that's how it limits your progress, and it penalizes your like reserve time if you forget to do things. Like you might say, "Oh, in this section of the track, you have to go forty-five kilometers an hour or mm. less." And it does telegraph you know? that, and like, it's all you. in Japanese. But yeah. it does, it does, it does tell you that you need to slow down, mm. and you can't go into a station like faster than forty-five kilometers an hour. Yeah, I do suspect this game would be a little bit easier if you were a native Japanese speaker. And, Probably and a little bit because it's giving you a lot of information. Yeah, but because like I speak not a word of Japanese and, and, and you kind of have like a, I would say you have a, like I have a working a, a knowledge, working knowledge. Thank you. Yeah. Of Japanese. Yeah. But like this thing does kind of like kind of rapid fire at you. And even then I needed Maria's help. And even sometimes Maria went, Oh wait, was, was I meant to do something there? And yeah. like she missed it. So yeah. So it is a lot of information coming at you in audio and, and both on the screen and you have to pay attention to all yeah. of it. And look, as I said, the controllers can be very expensive. I got lucky with this one mm. and bought it, the the PS1 slash you know it's compatible with PS2. Mm. I got the like the most 
basic model, I think, or one of the most basic models. You can get pretty fancy controllers. You can, yeah. um, but they all essentially do the same thing. The one that costs hundreds and hundreds of dollars mm. is the USB version for the PC. Oh, wow. <laughs> because that means it's compatible with basically anything on the computer now. So if you get a denture to go, um, like from... I, I'm not sure if it's on Steam or like the Japanese equivalent I of wonder. Steam. Yeah. Uh, it. I know it is available. Uh, I knew it was available on CD-ROM, and it might be available in other places, mm. like on, on online stores and everything like that. Mm. But yeah, people really covet the USB um, train controller. So that's worth a bit of money. It is worth quite a bit of money, and mm. there there are ranges. Like there are some that are more rare than others. Like I think the Saturn version's kind of rare. The Dreamcast version is kind of rare. I saw there was an N sixty four version as well. That's is... not rare. Yeah, okay. yeah, because that's a PS one era version. The uh. and it's just. I have played that version as well. I've seen it in action. Mm. It's not as good as the... Like, the N64 version is not as good as the PS1 okay. version. Mm. They're very similar, at the very least. Like, you, yeah. would, you would think with the, the Nintendo 64, it would be able to do something a bit better graphically. But nope, mm. didn't look any different to me. Hmm. Okay. So, look, Rob, it's an interesting game. It's totally unique. Mm. Um, would you uh, recommend this one? You know, I had a lot of fun with it, and I wasn't expecting to. And I think you've probably listened to everything we've said and gone, "Ugh, that sounds really boring and not fun at all." But mm. it is actually kind of, kind of really fun. And and that's a strange thing for me to say because I'm not into like car games or like sim games for the most part. I don't usually like them very much. Mm. But this one is like it's pretty light on the sim. Like you have you have the brake, you have the you know the handle that controls your speed, and you have like a button to toot the horn. That's about it. Like, there's not many more controls than that. So, it's simplified. And yeah. that makes it easier to get into. Then it's just all about, like, executing it well. Like, when you're pulling up to a station, it's almost like a game of lawn bowls. Where it's like, okay, you need to stop the train at this point. You're going at this speed. When do you apply the brake? How hard do you apply the brake? And getting it right when you, when you, when you stop perfectly in that sweet spot, it feels really, really good. And when you stuff it up, it, you get this feeling of like, oh, I want to have another go. I can do this, you know. It and is that, kind of addictive, isn't it? Yeah, there's an addictive mm. quality to it. It's a really weird thing to say. But there's something up, There's something to this. And I can see why people liked it a lot. So it's hard for me to recommend because you have to go to a, a fair amount of effort to play the game. Like you have to get a Japanese, you know, or, or a region un- unlocked PS1. You have to get the control. I mean, I think the controller would be... Not essential, but you'd, you'd probably enjoy the game a lot more with it. I feel like without the controller, it would be a lot less fun. Mm. I don't know how you feel about that, but yeah. I do give it a partial recommendation, actually, because I had a lot of fun with it, despite how weird and seemingly like boring it, it, it might seem. Playing the game when you're in it, it's actually pretty fun. Mm. Uh, what do you think, AC? Look, there are a lot of things that I do enjoy about this game. Uh, the fact that I recognize a lot of the train lines, especially from the first game, like the, they have yeah. the Yamanote line, which they're is a- like they're the accurate to the fairly. I mean, they're not like picture perfect, but mm. you you know, you know, the stations are basic. Mm. What basically what they are, and you know, the whole all the buildings around that area, of course, aren't the actual buildings. They've just got a whole bunch of grey blocks with windows spinning past you. Yeah. But that's okay because they have a lot of the noises and sounds and things that I'm very familiar with after living in Tokyo for seven years. Mm. And look, I, I love the controller. I love the fact that it looks like a dodgy Doctor Who prop from the TARDIS Some or something. Weird, like beer tap or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, very tactile. Like it feels good, mm. and it's just such a. And what is 
a niche interest outside of Japan is almost mainstream inside of Japan. Yeah. Like it's, it's very it's funny kind of comical like that. To us, it seems like only like weird middle-aged men would want to play a yeah. train simulator. But like in Japan, it's not that at all. No, yeah. like yeah. Japan, like trains play such an important role in, Jap- in Japan, like not mm. just for transport, but in culture as well. Mm. And, you know, they've got these big, wonderful Shinkansen bullet trains. Mm which run all up and down the, you know, Shinkansen kind of means like the new uh, spine of uh, uh, light spine line of the country. Basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, like it means like a backbone or like Kind a, yeah. of like that. Yeah, it kind of connects everywhere in Japan. You can get anywhere basically by Shinkansen. So it does have like some really important especially post-war cultural significance yeah. as well. Yeah, it's like a pride thing. Look how great our trains are. Kind of. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so... With all of that in mind, I can't really recommend this game mm. <laughs> unless you're really into trains. And yeah, I, I do like this game. Like, mm. I just wish there was a mode mm. that was that had no timetable mm. and you could just be relaxing. Yeah. Just kind of like shunt off to the next station, then ease it in. Oh, I went too far. Or oh, that doesn't matter too much, you know. Yeah, something with less penalization. Something points-based yeah. rather than, you know, where I might end up with a point score of zero, but I did the... In- the entire course. Yeah. It does feel like it's co- the game is constantly wanging its finger at you and yeah. going, you didn't do it right. And like that can be a bit oppressive. Yeah. I think. So yeah. it's not relaxing, but I still like it, but I can't really recommend it because yeah. a lot of the caveats, like it's only in Japanese. There might be English patches out there, mm. but it's more fun with the controller, you know, but I think this game would be impenetrable if, if we didn't, if I, well, certainly for me, if I didn't have Maria around to, yeah. to actually like translate it and tell me, oh, that person just said you have to slow down or something like that, that kind of thing. Um, you know, I yeah. actually have this game for one other platform. Oh, okay. The Wonder Swan, <laughs> that dodgy little black and white handheld yeah, that was yeah. released by Bandai in the late nineties, mm-hmm. only in Japan. Mm-hmm. I have Denshi to go for that. Huh. It is, it's terrible. <laughs> and it's barely playable. Like, even Maria couldn't, like, figure out how to do it properly. I only managed to take off from the station once, wow. I think. okay, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, it just... Like, you play it in, in um, vertical mode. Mm. Like, uh, portrait mode rather than landscape mode. Okay. Because the Wonder Swan can do that. And that, I think I got for 100 yen, and I'm glad I only spent 100 yen on it. <laughs> that being said, I do like this game. I just can't really recommend it. I just can't really tell people to go out and buy all this equipment for something that... Yeah. They might really not like. Yeah, that's true. I think I think my recommendation is more like if you have the opportunity and it graces your path. Yeah, if you see the arcade, yeah. play the arcade. If you yeah. come over to my house, ask to play it, and I'm happy happy to show it to you. Yeah, I don't recommend going out and buying a copy of yeah. this unless all you're of the super into trains and yeah. specifically Japanese trains. Yep. Yeah. Okay, Rob, it's been a month, mm-hmm. uh, and we probably haven't even explained that, have we? No, we did have a gap. We did have a gap. I'm terribly, terribly sorry. It's yes, all, yes, it is all, all Rob's fault. I was going to make Rob. fun of him all this episode, and I just kind of forgot. <laughs> yes, Rob's been slutting his way around town, <laughs> sluttily doing things that don't involve me. What a slut he is. <laughs> well, the reason we missed the episode is because <coughs> I had to look after my daughter. <coughs> well, that's but- not a very slutty reason. <laughs> But the reason we didn't record the week following is because I, w- I was indeed sliding around, as you say. Um, yeah, I've been... Yes, yes, yes. You're off with your new piece of totty, aren't you? Totty, totty, totty. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I know she listens to this as well. So. <laughs> yeah, she'll, 
She's taking note of all these things. We're I'm saying. probably going to get an angry phone call from just like someone shouting at me, and uh, that could be anyone really. I get that all the time. <laughs> it just happens to you a lot. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hi, mum. How's it going? Yep. Okay. Sure. Fine. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> So what have you been doing with your life in the intervening month? Oh, well, life has been very hectic for me um, with so much going on at work and outside of work. Um, but I have I have found some time. I've squeezed in some time to, to, to play some games, which is good, actually, because so what's been happening recently with my dating life is um, we usually have like two dates a week. And one of them is like a fairly casual, like a midweek date. And on that midweek date. Um, if it's at my place, I'll, we'll end up playing games because my girlfriend likes video games. So I've been playing, I've been digging back into my back catalogue and trying to drag me out some games that, that, you know, she has never seen or that I thought might be interesting for her. Side benefit, it means that I have to spend money on buying new games. So that's, yeah, that's, that's always good. That's good. Um, yeah, so, uh, although I did, I did get a couple of, well, I got a couple of new games recently to play with, with her that I'll talk about quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, Although we've covered them already on this show, Ace. All right, let's let, let's power well, through. I didn't cover them. You and a certain Cody Goff covered um, the D and D beat 'em ups of uh, of Capcom fame from the nineties. Are they on Steam now? They are, are they on or, Steam or GOG or something. They're or? on Steam, okay. uh, and you can get. Um, there's a game called The Chronicles of Mistara that basically has the first Tower of Doom and the other one, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is. I think it's called like something of Mistara yeah. or Shadow over Mistara yeah, yeah, or something I think like that's that. It. Yeah, it has both of those sort of packaged up together. Oh yeah, that's like the uh, Sega Saturn version that I have. Like, yeah, I've got that on the Saturn, which is almost like a one-to-one replica of the arcade game. Yeah, and they're, they're fun. So I, I played a bit of that. I think I played Tower of Doom. Can you save in that one? Like With can Joe, you the save other week? and come back, uh, or is it like? I'm not sure. We played a little bit, then we got we got tired. You know, it was like ten thirty at night or something. We're like, oh, a bit sleepy kind of thing so we packed that one away but um yeah it's a beat em up the thing is it's fun it's fun playing with joe because she is familiar with D D, um but not familiar with beat em ups do you know what i mean so i think because the like, beat em ups are like a generational thing if you're born in the 90s by the time you went to high school those they probably didn't even exist anymore i think they did know? but they they took on a very different form yeah it yeah look beat em ups Beat-em-ups were really popular at the time because mm. they were they were you could jump in and play them. You knew how to play them. There were only a few buttons. Yeah, there were some special moves, sure you could do, but you know they were big, bright characters. You know they were usually big sprites. Yeah, and you just knew the objective of the game straight away. There was nothing complex about them, and, and you know mm. fighting was cool back in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, and they're, and they're lousy pacifists in this generation. <laughs> um, yeah, it, they're simple. They're fun. They're co-op. And that's kind of why I picked it up. And also because it was on sale, for one thing. It was a very, very affordable price. I think oh. I got it for like less than 10 bucks. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, that's a good price. I, you know, I think like I paid about 3,000 yen for mine. or something. Yeah. For satin? Yeah. So, and I played a bit of that with, with Joe. That was fun. Um, yeah, they, they're good games. And I think the D&D one is probably the most sophisticated um, beat-em-up I've seen in terms of like it has like you can cycle through your menu and you can cast spells or use items. There's a shop where you can buy things. And like, there are a lot of RPG elements in this yeah. one. And there are branching paths as well. There's more RPG elements than than you would ex- than you would expect. I mean, it, obviously, it's it's trying to be D&D. So they, they lay it on. You, you, ha- you have options. that You can have dialogue options. You have, you have different paths you can go down. Um, and, and you can choose different characters. So you can play as, you know, 
we've covered this already in an earlier episode, but yeah. you can the play cleric. as the, the cleric, the fighter, the dwarf, the elf, and uh, I don't know, some other guy. Some lady with big boobs or something. Yeah, the booby lady. Booby lady. You know, she's probably got a chainmail bikini or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, we all have one of those As you do. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I like, I knock around and out on the weekend, so, and I'm feeling frisky. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was fun playing that with, with, uh, with Joe. I don't know if we'll revisit it. I kind of bought it because I was like, it's on sale and I kind of want to have it because I love those games. It is interesting because mm. a lot of, I don't know anything about D&D, but when you and I played it together, yeah. they named a lot of the monsters and depicted them fairly accurately yeah the monsters are all from like the monster manual or something yeah and yeah. you know and they all behave what they're meant to do and they all like all the characters are meant to be who they are and represent what they do yeah as well as all the magic and everything which yeah, i found spells, really interesting yeah. because it's a japanese capcom game and i don't know anything about the the scene in japan around D and D. i know that there is from what i understand there is a small D community in japan like, like a, a like, dedicated scene yeah yeah it's probably smaller than like by per capita it's probably a bit smaller than it is in in the west but i mean even in the west it's a very small like D is not a widespread phenomenon out here either but i have heard tell of people in in in, in japan playing playing a bit of D&D. that's interesting I mean, because that means yeah. that they would have being translated even if hmm. capcom didn't there wasn't someone who was like super into D. yeah it means that they got the license and really did the research for this and made D D into and i'm sorry rob hmm. and and cody hmm. into a fun game <laughs> which i thought would be impossible i did i did note to joanna that this is the only D D game that andrew will play <laughs> Because it's 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 as far removed from D and D as you can get, <laughs> like, while still having the trappings, you know, like like yeah. you can cast a magic missile, and the magic missile works like it does in D and D in the sense that like it will it will hit your enemy. You mm. can't avoid it. Yeah, and that's how the spell works in 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 D and D as well. There's those little things like that. Um, yeah, I've been trying to find like co op games to play with her. I mentioned this a few a few weeks ago, but so what else have you been playing game, with her? The other game I've been playing with her that we've both really been enjoying is I, I just randomly chucked on FTL. I was like, you might like this. I put on FTL and and, and she really she's really enjoying it. So we're playing through... We're kind of like both playing through a campaign of FTL at the moment. The is that, Brave, that's not co-op though, is it? No, it's a one player like like sci-fi kind of like space sim, like, mm. like, like crew management game kind of thing. Um, we're in the... the the proud ship, the USS Scomo. Oh, uh, oh, and, uh, oh, Robert, you didn't. Well, you know, this is my tradition in FTL AC. You uh, might forget. Yes, that's right. Naming yes. all of my ships after politicians that I love and admire. <laughs> so there's been the Tony Abbott. There's been <laughs> the John Howard. I think I actually beat the game. I think the first time I beat the game was in the Tony Abbott. Oh, that um, is, just doesn't feel right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yep. Threw up a little bit Look, in my it, stomach. I, I picked up this, this this hilarious joke after noticing that like the Americans name aircraft carriers and things after presidents. Yeah. And there was like a there's a USS Ronald Reagan or something like that. And I just that just sort of set my teeth on edge in a way. And I was like, you know what? It'd be funny to like bring this to Australia and name all of my ships in FTL after like conservative politicians that I love and admire. <laughs> Um, so, ScoMo is um, shorthand for Scott Morrison, who yes. is the current Prime Minister. Yeah, the clock's ticking on that. 
we'll find out. We'll find out how long, how much longer he'll be. He could be in for the next three years. He could be in for the next day. We yeah. we literally don't know because there there's an election f- tomorrow. There's a federal election tomorrow, so we will see. But whoever we'll gets elected, AC, whoever it is, I love and admire them. Yep, you always love and admire because everyone I work in for office. the public service, and I am completely politically unbiased. Yep, as am I. I just love democracy a lot. Democracy is what I love. And I always think of Emperor Palpatine when I think about it. <laughs> yep. I to love me, democracy. To me, he's the epitome. Look, well, he is the Senate. He is the Senate. You're not wrong. My little green friend. <laughs> Look, say what you will about Palpatine. He knows how to get things done. <laughs> he's so happy. And that's what I really like about the Emperor is that he's so happy. Well, when it's going he's like, his way. He's like, well, well, I mean, you know... Right up until Darth chucks him down that hole, he's having a pretty good time. He was laughing all the way. (laughs) All the way. Like, even when he was, like, throwing the Senate at, like, at Yoda. Mm -hmm. He was just laughing the whole time. He's just (laughs) cackling to himself. Mm -hmm. Are you threatening me, Master Jedi? Yeah. You're right. He has a good sense of humor. He does. He's got a good temperament. Yeah, he tells a good story, too. He's charismatic. Darth Paduus the Wise, have you heard that one? Yep. It's a good, it's a good old. It's, it's a good one. A good yarn. A good... So yes, vote one, Palpatine. <laughs> I should change my name and just run for office with a cloak over my head. Mm. Chances are, I'd get elected. Better you than Clive Farmer. I mean, I love all politicians. I love all of them. <laughs> There's a nightmare scenario. Yes. Okay. So, but have what you I... been doing anything else with oh, your life, or God. have you just um... look? The one last thing I'll mention, very very briefly, is mm-hmm. I I did download and reinstall uh, our game of the year from 2016, Doom. Um, yeah, I've been having a hankering to play Doom, and I'm playing hankering for a spankering. And I'm playing through it now in ultra violence on the ultra violence setting, so that the next most diff- that, like I bumped it up one notch in terms of difficulty. Um, Are you dying a lot? Or look, it's more challenging, definitely. And I, I got to a point last night where I, I had to stop playing it because I kept dying. But that was also because it was like 11:30 at night, and I was tired, mm. and I just didn't have it in me to keep bashing my head against it. Um, it is noticeably more challenging, yeah. But I feel like I, I, I kind of got through that game more or less without too much trouble. There are a few bits where I got stuck um, on, on the normal difficulty. So, you know, I feel like ultra going back in and playing on ultraviolence is the right way to, to go back to Doom, you know? Um, yeah, that game's a lot of fun. It's still good, hmm. you know? Three years have passed, but that game is still good. It is a good game. Yeah. Very violent and dumb. And I think I needed something violent and dumb. That's what I needed. I don't want to... Which is why you came back to the podcast. That's right. That's true. <laughs> you yeah. came crawling back for violence and stupidity that's here at Game Life Balance Australia. That's what we're known for. Well, that's it for me, AC. I might report back on my Doom ultraviolence run the bit I'd like to hear next, about it. next episode. Uh, but what about you and your gaming life? Uh, my life and games thereof has been a pretty interesting one because I have actually been playing quite a few games. Uh, I also had my birthday recently, uh, just after we released the last podcast, I went away to Sydney Okay, and that was good. Um, it was just for my birthday. We stayed in Olympic park and there are a whole bunch of like apartment building skyscrapers. Right. Um, and we just got like a sky like a, an apartment on like booking.com or something and it was like the the 21st floor of this like massive apartment building nice and homebush where the olympic stadium is is pretty bare bones right so you get into the top of this thing and you've just got nothing but empty space and you see the city in the background hmm. and you just feel like really rich 
for staying there. It's like that's what because you it looks like a very modern, like it's a very modern sort of apartment. Obviously, mm. being built in the last like ten or so years like or something. Minimalist and uh, yeah, you know, everything's yeah. like stainless steel, and it's you know, like yeah. you know, funky bathtubs and different shaped sinks and stuff yeah, like that. You yeah. go, oh wow, this oh, is actually really cool. The like, sink is square, mind blown. Yeah, 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 yeah that kind of yeah. stuff. It was nice staying mm. there, although, like I, I, I have a bit of a fear of heights. Oh. Um, which I always try and cure by going on stupid, scary roller coasters and rides, but it doesn't cure me. <laughs> Damn it. So exposure but, therapy is not working. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. But I'll still, like, I, I shouldn't look over the edge because I know I'm afraid of heights. And then I look over the edge and think, whoa, I'm dizzy. Like, I'm literally, like, kind of, whoa, 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 that's so far down. Mm. May, mm. who has no concept of um, distance <laughs> yeah. because of her sight impairment, mm-hmm. he's just banging on the windows. He's going, bang, bang, bang. Oh, <laughs> just going, ah, we know it's safe. Just get away from there, sweetie. Come on. Oh, You're God. making mummy and daddy really nervous. Jesus. <laughs> uh, I caught up with some friends there. Mm-hmm. Um, we played through an entire deck of um, Cards Against Humanity. Oh, nice. Which shows you what kind of people we were playing with. It was a lot of fun. It was so much fun. Mm. May went nuclear because she'd stayed awake all day. Mm. We'd visited my grandmother. We'd been in, you know, done all of this stuff. And she just went, she just lost and just went, <laughs> and we couldn't Big calm melting. her down. Yeah. But there was this great burger place there, like this little hole in the wall, like, you know, barely enough room for like, you know, a couple of chairs and tables and stuff. And they Mm. did the best burgers. That was so good. We went back there like twice. Right. We would have gone back a third time, except we had to leave Sydney (laughs) and they weren't (laughs) open yet. Sort of live there. Yeah. So it was good. It was a good birthday. Just, uh, just hanging out, just doing, you know, just um, going to Sydney, seeing my grandmother, seeing some friends. So that was that was cool. pretty good. It's a nice place to visit Sydney. Yeah, I wouldn't want to live there again. I really wouldn't want to actually. Sure. <laughs> uh, but as for my gaming life, I have actually been doing quite a bit of gaming. Cool, that's good. Um, game Soup, which I talked about last time, which was the mini game kind of collection on Steam. Yeah, that thing. I played that for quite a number of sessions and it's not always just to finish it mm. it was just to see the games right yeah yeah i just wanted to see all the different games i think i've seen all the different games now and so then i tried to finish it and i keep getting up to the last boss which is like 25 levels in so it's not not long but there's no save feature so if you die you go straight back to the start <sighs> really yeah <laughs> and so that means like and you know they're all micro games so they're pretty quick but you can mm. you know mm. There have been multiple times where I've only needed to hit the boss one more time, but I've just kind of trounced myself and I just went, oh, no, I just give up. I don't care enough to finish this game <laughs> and go through it again because it just gets frustrating after a while. But it is a lot of fun. I do recommend Game Soup. Yeah, it looks very cool. Um, the other games I've been playing, I'll just touch on one briefly because you and I are going to review it and you don't know this yet. Ooh. Uh, but I recently discovered there were games based off a television in show in japan mm-hmm. that i know of <laughs> i'm not gonna say i like <laughs> but i will say it was the very first japanese show i saw after i moved to japan in 2003 right uh let's go mini skirt police <laughs> they made a couple of couple like more than one game based off this concept <laughs> i now own both of them i am very happy with this <laughs> And we are going to review both of them on the podcast. <laughs> Excellent. 
These Excellent. are not good games. I'm just going to put that out there right now. I but thematically. <laughs> thematic, look. <laughs> the concept look, is good. <laughs> look, I hope you like seeing panties because you're going to see a lot of them. Great. Yeah. That's that's right up my alley. There's like the first, I'll talk about it briefly. One of them, the PS2 game, is a beat-em-up. <laughs> okay. Where she gradually loses clothes the more health she loses. Oh, okay. So wait, so she's... The police? Yeah, she's the police officer. She's a miniskirt police officer. Yeah, she wears a miniskirt. She's in a miniskirt. You were thinking of someone who was arresting people in miniskirts. I thought this was a game where you have a ruler. (laughs) (laughs) Okay? Okay. Right? And then just finish that sentence, how you think it would. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. (laughs) There are two ways that that sentence is going, and both of them end up in the same place. Miniskirt police. (laughs) It it can go up a bit further, see? Oh god! You have a whistle and a ruler. You go. <laughs> Stop! Excuse me, ma'am. Pardon me. Excuse me. I'm just on the way to Osaka. Why are you measuring my kilt for? <laughs> Obama gets caught out again by the miniskirt police. God. I'm just on my way to Ikebukuro to get some whiskey. God. We've said it. Look, we said it off air, but. The Japanese Japanese words in a Scottish pronunciation is really something. It's really something. Oh, come on, lad. I'm just trying to get back to Kyoto. <laughs> Kyoto. Kyoto. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we had a bit of fun. There was actually five minutes of laughter there. And we decided we couldn't replicate it, but I tried anyway. Good on you. Uh, so, yes, the police women are in miniskirts and there is a beat-em-up, which is what's... Old, Describe it briefly because we'll go into it. It's a very basic game, part of the simple 2000 series or 2500 series, which are like low-priced PS2 games. Okay. And yeah, she loses her clothes the more health gets taken off. Ah, uh, okay. Yep. And the other one is like for the Sega Saturn, which is just a collection of mini games, mm. which all end up in one perverted nature or another. <laughs> so we're, we're, we'll review those. We'll, 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 go, in, we'll go hard into those. I don't want to do so many spoilers. I'll ask you more about all of that next. You'll have many a question even episode. after you play this. Okay. That sounds great. <laughs> in, in, you know, for Game Life Balance Australia. Yeah. Like, that kind of game. I will say that most of the mini games are bad, but not all of them. Okay. Like there are some shooters and stuff in there. So... <laughs> Yeah, there's it's it's weird. It's a weird thing. It's a weird concept. But I'll talk about it more later. Love it. The main game that I have been playing mm-hmm. for the past few weeks, I kind of bought this for my birthday, is a game which some of you out there may have heard of called Gianna Sisters. Yes. Or Guiana Sisters. I don't know what the pronunciation is. Is this like a GIF and GIF thing? Yeah, well, yeah. you see, I think everyone says Guiana Sisters, but I kind of like to say Guiana Sisters. So the original Guiana Sisters game mm. was basically almost at least the first few levels a one-to-one ripoff of uh, Super Mario Brothers, but on mm. the Commodore 64. Yes. Like there were these things coming down from the skies instead of coins, they were crystals, but basically the characters moved and acted in exactly the same way. So, mm. you know, Mario Brothers, Gianna Sisters, mm. uh, and it is a very rare game now if you get if you have a copy of the original game. Yeah. There are lots of pirated versions out there, and like, I've played a pirated like version. ROMs and things like that, yeah. yeah. Well, no, like even back in the oh, 90s. Like hacks. Like some weird, like, ROM hack weird thing. Well, yeah. the, the Commodore 64 was famous 
for piracy, mm, mm. Uh, and which is how I played it. But an original inbox copy of the Gianna, uh, Gianna Sisters, mm. very, very rare now, apparently. Okay. okay. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a 2D platformer. They released another game for the Nintendo DS, which I have. So the whoever held the rights to the name Gianna Sisters yeah. redid it as a 2D platformer about 10 years ago or a bit more. Yeah. And I played it. I quite liked it. I finished it in one day. Okay. I probably shouldn't have. I probably should have spaced that out, but I was just excited to play the Gianna Sisters again. Sure. And then in this generation, so for Xbox One, PS4, they released uh, Gianna Sisters Twisted Dreams. Ah, okay. Uh, and then I got the updated version, which is Gianna Sisters Twisted Dreams Ultimate Edition, because there's an owl theme in there. Oh, there are. For there the are Switch. Owls. Yes, okay. Yeah. So this game I've had a lot of fun with. Just I just was kind of interested because I heard, oh, there's a new Gianna Sisters game out there. Okay, what have they done with it now? Mm. This takes the concept into a really interesting space, I feel. Like, the graphics are good, the music's good. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're great, but it's kind of like that... It's a 2D platformer, but polygonal, so kind of like 2.5D looking sort of thing. Okay. Uh, and the conceit or the novelty here is that you can change the world yeah. on the go. And it's pretty much like less than a second to like switch the world from like a dark, decaying sort of world where you've got all of these like flapping demons around. And then you switch it back and all of a sudden everything's bright and green and happy and those demons are now owls flapping around. Yeah, it's quite cool. Like but a, they're still bad guys. A dead tree will just burst into mm. like into f- like a foliage. Mm. I was looking for the right word. Yeah. It's, it's very um, impressive the way that it just on the fly does that because it doesn't just affect the like the background but it also affects the enemies and everything yeah it affects like if there's a bridge there in the in the green kind of life full mode it's like a whole bridge but in the other mode it's like a decaying bridge where you can fall down yeah yeah so sometimes like platforms will be visible in one mode and not the other so you need to switch between them in rapid succession uh when you're in happy green mode uh somewhat ironically the the Gianna sister who you play, yeah, uh, it looks like a goth, like kind of like black and purple, and she does like a, a fireball dash where she yeah. like just tears through things as a fireball, like mm. walls and stuff. And when you switch to the other one, you're like more of like a blonde kind of like pastel colored dress, yeah, and she does like a spin jump. Mm. So it's kind of like diametrically opposed to the world they're in. in yeah, a way. yeah, yeah. I think that that works well. I suppose if you're fighting enemies and things like that, it makes sense for you to be fighting. Yeah, whatever is the, the most opposite. opposed to your like nature or whatever. Like that's why I go out and shove grannies off of trains, as we discussed <laughs> earlier. It's, it's it's a good pastime. I shove them right onto the tracks, and I say, "Move it, you old bag." <laughs> that's what I say, and then everything turns green. <laughs> When Rob hits the right trigger button. <laughs> so look, I've been I've had a lot of fun with this game. I got stuck a few times, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's just the the conceit. Uh, it's just kind of the the way. Like, there's a bit of puzzle platforming here as well because of the way you need to switch between the worlds. There's some pretty difficult distances and jumps that you have to make. Yeah. But uh, overall, I've been having a lot of fun. But the last level I did last night really frustrated me. Like, I was kind of thinking, maybe we should do this a featured game. This would be great. I could lend Rob my Switch for a week. He could play through it. Mm. There's only four worlds, but, like, there are a lot of episodes. There's, like, ten levels in each world. Wow, yeah. Mm. And the levels are super long. Mm. It gets hard. 
Mm. But the thing is that the mm. checkpoint system is very generous and you have unlimited lives. Yeah. So you want to keep playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I've been, I've played a good, like, you know, many five hours or six or seven hours of this game or something like that. And I'm only a bit more than halfway through. Mm. Okay. But it is good. And I recommend the Switch edition because it's a good on the go game. Cool. Good 2D platformer. All right. That's fantastic. Uh, the other thing I will say is uh, I've just been playing some Game Boy games randomly here and there because I love the Game Boy. Who doesn't? Well, people that aren't you. Yeah. Because you love it. I do. I do really love the Game Boy. Mm-hmm. It's just so easy to pick up and play. I just... It's gotten to the point now where I just really, really need my glasses. Like, yeah. I, I was playing... Uh, I was playing Balloon Kid the other day. Oh, yeah. Which is basically like a balloon fight sort of Game Boy version. I was going, this is really fun. And I went, hey, what? my nose is touching the... The, the Game Boy. And like I literally had it so close just to see what was going on. Mm. Which is never a good sign. That's a worry. Yeah. And uh, other than that, I think I'm looking forward to Super Mario Maker 2 for the Switch. When's that coming out? Uh, late June, so... Okay. Not that far away Yeah, now. about five weeks. Five, That's exciting. Weeks. Yeah. It's one of those things that I wasn't... I was a bit on the fence about whether I needed another Super Mario Maker in my life. Mm. But then I saw what they'd done and all the upgrades they did with it. And I went, oh, you know I'm going to get it. I know and, I'm going to get it. And that zeitgeist will pull you in if nothing else. Yeah, because there's... Even People. if you don't play... Yeah. Like, even if you don't create so much, there's mm. so much to play. Yeah. And there's some really really good stuff out there and this time there's a single player mode as well well if the community adopts it and loves it in the same way that they did the first game mm. it'll really take off I mean that that game the first game was like a phenomenon mm. at least in, in gaming in gaming circles you know well it's interesting um, because that game mostly I say mostly came out on the Wii U yeah which was an unpopular considered console. a yeah. failed platform mm. it did come out on the 3DS but that version isn't talked about because it's not good yeah yeah, uh, but it was a phenomenon. It made many people's game of the year awards, if not like just won it outright. Mm. And I love that game, and they've improved upon it more. So I think this will take off. And, and Switch has much more of a user base, exactly. And yeah. there were so many awesome levels on the on the Wii U when there was almost nothing, uh, like no consoles sold. So I'm really looking forward to this now that I've seen the Nintendo Direct. Mm. And uh, look. You got that game lust. I do. The problem is that I have to sign up for Nintendo Direct now. Oh yeah, you have to sign up for their online service. I do, yeah. which is not the worst thing. Like, how much does it cost? Like twenty bucks a year or something. That's not too bad. No, it's fine. I can afford it. It's not like I can't. It's mm. just that it's the principle of the thing. It's it's less the fact that I just don't play any online games, and I wasn't going to buy it until I needed to buy it, and you now know, it looks like I need to buy it. You can blow the dust off your copy of Splatoon Two. And- yeah, I wouldn't mind playing some more Splatoon Two, but mm. not twenty bucks a year worth, maybe. <laughs> the the thing is though that Tetris Ninety Nine. Oh yes, and that comes with the service, doesn't it? Yeah, correct, and that's the problem. You're worried you're going to get into Tetris 99? No, I'm worried my wife is going to get into Tetris 99. Uh, Yeah, she's very good at these games. She's very good at Tetris. Mm. uh, And she loves that sort of competitive spirit to a certain extent. Yeah. And I'm not going to be able to get her off the system after she plays it once. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's interesting, actually. You know, this is off topic, but I was thinking of getting that game Tricky Towers. You know that it's like a Tetris-y thing where you make, you build towers out of Tetris pieces, oh, and the yeah. physics makes them wobble around, and it's so kind of like Jenga as, plus yeah. Tetris kind of thing. You need to build them as stable as possible. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of getting that 
But my concern is whether or not... See, I haven't tried this out yet, AC. Mm -hmm. And Joe will listen to this before we get to do it. But <laughs> I'm curious as to whether we can play... Whether we can play competitive games together or whether that's going to be a source of you know antagonism in the in the relationship boy robbie do i have the perfect game to test that <laughs> what game would that be uh, tetris battle guided <laughs> no, that's too cruel that's too cruel um although when you just come over we'll definitely play that oh yeah um, oh yeah we're, we're so gonna play that <laughs> i just do it's one of those things where like how do i she's look joe is lovely and I, I just don't know i just don't know whether she'll be um someone who's a good sport or not or no, oh, pardon me. Hyper competitive. Because I'm, I'm the kind of person who I'll lose, I'll lose to you in a game and just laugh and be like, yeah. "Lol, that was fun." Let's go again, kind of thing. And it's um, interesting to say that between you and me, we're pretty evenly matched in a lot of things. Like we have yeah. different interests, but like when we play fighting games, we have a puzzle games. You know, it's it's usually pretty evenly split between us. Like it yeah. might go one way one time, and the other person the other time. Mm. Uh, so like we always have a good laugh about it and neither of us are particularly competitive but yeah. I don't know because she has a little bit of a competitive streak but who knows we'll see mm. so I might test her out but anyway back to your story you wanted to get uh, this on Nintendo online yeah look the end of the story is I will probably end up getting a, a, a pack that mm. comes with like a stylus the game and like a year of Nintendo online mm. and I'll just have to bite the bullet and get it because I really want to play this game it looks so awesome but the issue is you'll want to play Mario Maker yeah, wife will want to play Tetris. Yep, and the Switch can Switch. do a lot of things, but it can't do two things at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Anyway, I believe you have a quizy quiz quiz for I, me. I do. I have a quiz that I prepared just for you. So if you want, if you prepared it for someone else for the podcast, I would be insulted. Did you want to take a break, or do you want to keep rolling let's, right let's, on into the quiz? Let's, let's keep rolling. Keep this freight train rolling, AC. Mm -hmm. This is a quiz. I didn't. Uh, I didn't write down the. Um, the fun name that I came up with um, for this quiz. Okay. And it's upsetting me because I thought it was very funny at the time. But what this game, what this quiz is. Okay. Let's just move on from what that, that name might might have been. Yep. Um, it's a quiz about trains in video games. Okay. See? Yep. And um, I'll be kicking myself. Hopefully I'll remember the name of the quiz as I'm, as I'm asking you these 10 questions. Game training? Something like that. Or it's called like, um, uh, I don't know. Danger the game. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> ten questions. Not any particular format. Some are multiple choice. Some are true or false. So it's it's a hodgepodge. Okay. Um, the hodge and but the the, hodge. the unifying theme is that they're all about trains in video games. Okay. All right. Question number one: The classic '90s PC game Railroad Tycoon was developed by which famous computer game designer? Uh, Peter Molyneux. No, close. Good, good guess. But it was Sid Meier. Oh no, yeah, that was, that's guess. exactly who I was thinking of. Good but guess. I, yeah, the name came out first. It was probably one or one or other of those blokes. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. were the only two people basically doing there was PC that, games in the nineties. There's, there's that husband and wife team that did all the King's Quest games, but I can't remember the name of them. The, uh, the company is Sierra. Yeah. Anyway, there's a. They were famous too. Anyway, question two. True or false? You can kill people in Red Dead Redemption by hog-tying them, placing them on a train track, and waiting. If I couldn't, I would like to speak to the manager. I'm going to say true. <laughs> true. That's true, and it also works in Red Dead Redemption 2. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Hell, yes, it does. I think we've actually tried that. <laughs> I, I wasn't patient enough. I gave up and shot the guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, question three, AC. Toot, toot, motherfucker. 
It's just as good as a train and a lot quicker. Question three. In what year... This is tricky. In what year was the video game version of Ticket to Ride first released? Your favourite board game and mine, Ticket okay, to yeah, Ride. We have played this game many a time. I don't know the lineage of this game, like when it was originally I'm talking released. about the first... The very first video game version of this game yeah. ever. When did that come out? The problem is I don't know when the first board game of this version came yeah. out. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say mm. 2000 and... 1998. <laughs> 2008. <laughs> ah, You're almost there, I feel like. I um, feel... You know what? I was actually going to say 2008 and then I went, no, no, it's probably existed since the 90s. So I'm going to go... Yeah. No, yeah no. I'm not sure how long the board game... Board game has existed. We'll look that up after the show. Yeah. But that... There you go. 2008 on the Xbox Live Arcade. Oh, that would have been a great game to play on Xbox Live. Yeah, there you go. Back in the back when everyone had an Xbox 360 and they're all playing it. Uh, question number four, AC. Mm-hmm. How many thousands... So this just, just tell me... Um, I don't need like the specific figure, but just how many thousands. How many thousands of Australian dollars would you have to spend on Steam today... To buy all of the DLC for the modern train simulator game, Train Simulator 2019. How many thousands? And it's a number between one and ten. I want to say five thousand or four thousand, but close. It's probably, it's probably like close six. Or- it's six thousand. And guess what? It's on sale and it's 6000 uh, I can't tell you how much it costs at full price because right now there's a sale on for this. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That hurts my existence. $6,000. There's over fi- there's over 500 individual pieces of DLC. Look, if it's well made yeah. and people, you know, obviously it's a niche market. So like there are people out there who really love trains who are probably going to support that. So mm. more power to them, but also maybe have a better sale. <laughs> see, see, this is where the Denture to Go thing could come in, mm. like where they really covered the controllers because they want a train controller mm. and maybe the Denture to Go one is something that they could use in tandem with that. I don't know. Who knows? But, yeah. yeah. It's possible. There you go. Um, yes. And also, I should, I should just note, <laughs> the reviews for that game are mostly negative. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, and yet it has 500 pieces of DLC. Um, question number five, AC. Yep. Multiple choice? Which of these first-person shooters features a level that is set on board a train? Okay. A, Goldeneye. B, Blood. C, Unreal Tournament. D, all of the above. All of the above. Correct. They all have trains on them. Yep. I knew two of those did, so I just guessed the third one. Nice. Blood is probably the one you don't know. <laughs> Blood is, you know, not the one. I know that the um, that mm. Goldeneye had that s- thing on the train with the watch. That's right. Yeah, we yes. had to, like, cut a very specific square out. That's with, quite a like, memorable. Rolex. Quite, yeah, memorable episode. Uh, not episode. Memorable level mm. in Goldeneye. Question six. True or false? You can get around fake New York City in Grand Theft Auto 3. That's not the name of the city. That's just my fun name for it. Liberty City. You can get around Liberty City in Grand Theft Auto 3 by taking the Chubway. Chubway? The Chubway. The Subway. True. I mispronounced that word. True. It's true. It's true. It is true. Who would do it? I don't know. But you can. You can wait at the train station and take a train. Yeah, I remember that. I yeah. remember the fact that there is like a line like that. It's kind of cool. There's an elevated line yeah. at some points. I and mean, there's also an un- like a subway as yeah. well. So very cool. I thought that was neat. Just that they bothered to do it. I mean, you, know? you can't really have 
like a New York parallel without having without, a subway. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. so they probably put a bit of effort into that. It was pretty cool. Like, like you could use it if you wanted to, it, you know, instead of like, you know, driving down the sidewalk, running over people. It's up to you which one you'd like to take. <laughs> uh, question seven, AC. True or false? The model railroad simulator game. This is great. The mod, the model railroad simulator game. Mm-hmm. Hornby Virtual Railroad. Features the Hornby brand's iconic modal... I can't even finish this question without laughing. The model railroad simulator game Hornby Virtual Railroad features the Hornby brand's iconic model locomotive, Smokey Joe. True. True, yes. True. I don't care if it's false. I want it to be true. Smokey Joe. Smokey Joe is my new hero. (laughs) I will not hear a bad word against him. Who will be the next man, the the best man at my wedding? Look, I'm, I'm already married, but I don't care. I did a lot retroactively. Of in 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 crafting this quiz, I learned a lot about trains and model <laughs> trains, more than I ever wanted to know. <laughs> the Hornby look. I, the sad thing is, the Hornby brand is is um you know going through some tough times right now. Model trains ain't what they used to be. The kids aren't aren't playing them anymore. They're too busy playing Fortnite. Well, I mean, nobody's played with look. <laughs> I know there is still a convention in Canberra every year that mm-hmm. displays their model trains. And I actually know two people who I'm friends with course, who are into it. Of course it. you do. <laughs> is one of them Hicks? No. <laughs> I'm sorry, Hicks. I know you're listening. Hey, Rob. One of them's Hugh. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's very funny to me and maybe two other people in the world. God, that's good. You know what? Of course he's into it. Of course. Of course. I do not... I am kind of envious of of people who are into model trains. It's kind of expensive. Not only is it expensive, but it requires like a level of detail when you're building like Mm. the model around it, which I just don't have the patience and skill for. Well, actually... I always go to these places and admire what they've done and go, I can never do that. Like, I could just never do a model railroad set like that. I should say, so this is actually like... This makes sense for Hugh to be the person who's into model railroads, Mm -hmm. AC, because he... So... Our friendship group in high school, because we were super cool and like the ladies loved us, we were all into Warhammer and in, in particular Warhammer 40,000, you know, the most nerdy of the Warhammers. Mm. And Hugh was the only one out of our friendship group who had a proper like army where he had all the right figures and they were all painted well. Immaculately. And yeah. Like he had, he was doing it right. Yeah. And we were doing it like on the cheap, like a 13 or 14 year old boy would do. Mm-hmm. So it's not surprising to me that he's the one who shelled out to have a really good train set. Like that, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. I, and yeah. Like I don't want one myself because I've got a massive video game collection and no place to put a model train set. But I'm also jealous in a way, like, like the amount of mm. concentration and dedication for something like that. And like, I, I do like watching model trains, but mm. I just can't get into it. It's in some ways like... It's almost kind of zen in a way because you're doing this thing that's extremely nerdy. No one else apart from you is going to understand or enjoy. Hmm. Your wife's not going to understand it. Your kids aren't going to understand no. it. Your friends aren't going to. Only the people at that weird little convention that you go to once a year are going to like really get it. I'm <laughs> you sure know? that they all have a meetup. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You know, like me and There's my- probably a Reddit like r slash model trains or something like that. And they all get together and chat online and. Model train Twitter is like, you know, jumping off right now. <laughs> I'm um, sure it is. Like, yeah. th- there are so many. I, like, I laugh. You're, but- you're talking to the person who does the daily lum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know niche. Yeah, there are, there are niches. And you know what? 
God bless him, I say. God bless him. Hugh, if you're listening, which you aren't, I say good on you. Yeah. And I hope you have a smoky Joe. I really do, <laughs> because apparently that's a really popular model train, a classic. Question, right. question number eight. Okay. Oh, that's right. We're doing a quiz. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> we haven't, we st- you haven't escaped from this yet. Question number eight. Mm-hmm. Everyone's favorite train simulator game, Railfan, colon, Chicago Transit Authority Brown Line, features realistic versions I've of... I've got li- a brown line for you. <laughs> I bet you do. Uh, this game... <laughs> I'm not going to read it out again. Features realistic versions of lines from Chicago, as well as two cities in Japan. Name those two Japanese cities. Tokyo? Mm-hmm. Correct. Half a point. Osaka? No, Kyoto. Ah, so yeah. close. Yeah. It was going to be two, one of those three. Yeah. It was going to be one of those three. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, just... Kyoto go. has a lot of trains that leave Kyoto. <laughs> <laughs> it's going out. There's not much coming in. Well, okay. So the thing about like Kyoto has a massive train station, and there are trains around Kyoto, but there's only so many places you can build without encroaching on like like because there's a lot of sacred uh, like holy ground in Kyoto, like a lot mm. of shrines and temples, and a lot of built up areas. So like there are train lines around there, but mm. yeah, you know, there's a lot more buses there than you'd think. All okay, right? so that's that's. Uh, that's question eight. Yep. So it's 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 eight all right now. No, four all. Four, four for you, all. Four Sorry, for four all are tied. So these two questions will decide it. Okay. Question number nine. True or false? Southern Bell, released in 1985, was the first 3D steam train simulator available for home computers. Southern Bell. <sighs> false. No, it's true. Oh. It is true. Southern Bell. Um, yep. I just was just thinking that there was like some sort of like weird ass Apple II C yeah. or Spectrum ZX81 sort of like faux 3D sort of steam engine thing it's, before it's then. It's weird. I, can't, I, I didn't write down which systems it came out on, but I know that it was a vector graphics game. So that's kind of cool. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, wait. How can a home computer do? Oh, maybe graphics? it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't like true vectors. Maybe it was some sort. Of, maybe it was wireframe or something. And, yeah. And, and the, it might be wireframe. You need and, a, if, if you, and the, whoever wrote this article was an idiot, basically. The thing is about vector graphics is that you need a specific sort of CRT Monitor, yeah. to do vector graphics, yeah. and that is for home computers. That's basically the Vectrex. So and I've never heard of a game called Southern Bell for that. Yeah. So, so I'm assuming that it was probably wireframe yeah i'd say so which look it's an easy mistake to make um yeah yeah Yeah, no that's fair enough um so wikipedia not the best place to find out about video games it turns Turns out out. um but i'll keep game life balance australia.com best place (laughs) ever that's right your home for video game knowledge uh question 10 ac true or false train fever is the name of a real game that exists false <laughs> no it's true oh you win train fever hey ac i have i have a fever for trains and the only prescription <laughs> is trains oh well i know where to hog tie you up for your birthday <laughs> great because that's my that's my very specific kink <laughs> getting run over by a train it's the only way you can get it up anymore man <laughs> But you got to wear a top hat with like a like a handlebar mustache yeah. that you twiddle while you're doing That's it. That's right. You need a good waxed moustache and a good cape. <laughs> oh, I have a cape. You better believe I have a fucking cape. <laughs> Actually, 
You probably do have a cat. I I do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> but it's part of a. It's part of like a, a fancy dress, like Superman. Okay, it's, it's a Superman cape. It's not like a. I'm a 19th century villain cape. It's I like, have one of those. It's not but like, like a, everyone has one of those. It's not like a. I'm I'm Moriarty from the Sherlock Holmes cape. Uh, yeah, sure. I don't have one of those. <laughs> sure. All right. Well. Uh, tallying up the scores there. You win at six points to my four points. I did a bit better there than I thought I was going yeah, to. Look, some, some of those, those are quite esoteric. Some of those questions I literally put in because I thought it's funny how esoteric this is. Like yeah. Smokey Joe. I do love a good Smokey Joe. Hornby. They've been around since 1908, that company. I hope they survive. I really do. Support mm. Smokey Joe. Support Smokey. Smokey Joe for Prime Minister. Hashtag save Smokey Joe. <laughs> Free Smokey Joe. I would do, <laughs> Free Smokey Joe. And Smokey Joe the train, for clarity, not the homicidal maniac who murdered 13 women. Oh, but that guy has a, a top hat and a handlebar mustache as well. So. <laughs> he did it all with the train tracks. <laughs> yeah, but like all at once. Like, <laughs> he lined like them up like dominoes. <laughs> rather, than, rather than tying them across... The railway, he had them standing up, which is a magnificent feat of not tying, if nothing else. And then the train just goes, bonk, 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 and then splat. God, I'm laughing so hard at this. That's really bad. That's it's a real terrible. Problem. It's a real problem. You bought this up. I'm sorry. You, you bought up the, <laughs> the memory of deranged Smokey Joe. <laughs> Let's never forget his terrible crimes. <laughs> AC. Yes. We've come to the end of this casting of pods. We have. But I understand that we are members of some kind of Gunna Geek Network. Network? Network. I was about to ask you the same question. And because for a second there, I thought you were going to try and catch me out. And I went, no, I'm not going to catch it. In fact, I've caught myself out. I'm hoisted on my own petard. Yeah. Yeah. Because you knew I was going to do it next. Uh, But I have right in front of me Uh a promotional read for the Gunna Geek Network, which I'll now read out into the microphone. For our listeners. And hey, if you're listening to this and this show sounds like fun, why not visit the Gunning Geek Network and download that podcast onto your device of choice? Down, da- download? No. Subscribe to it. That's the thing people do. do <laughs> press on a button to listen to the audios of shows such as All Things Good and Nerdy. Oh, still going. You may have heard of this show. All Things Good and Nerdy, episode 360, just came out recently. And here's what they have to say. It's the final show before a brief hiatus. This week, Anthony has the new intel about the next killer to be added to Dead by Daylight. Chris has the latest rumours on a rumoured Matrix sequel. Ooh. No, I've read those rumours. And Willie shares his thoughts on the new IT trailer. The boys also try to explain why Anthem and the games as a service model is flawed for certain types of gamers. Hmm. This show is going on a brief two-week break. Don't worry, though. The ATGN crew will be back on June 2 with another brand new episode. So don't worry. Just just lower your, your tension level. Yep. You can breathe easy. I'm breathing. Because the All Things Good and Nerdy crew will be back in June with more great nerdy content. And uh, AC... I think that's the end of our show. I think that's pretty much getting towards the end. I will say that uh, Lum Squad episode one is out and about. Lum Squad, it's making the making the rounds. It had a lot of good feedback. Actually, the first um, podcast we released did really well. We've recorded the second one. Mm-hmm. 
it should be out in the next few weeks. Cool. And yeah, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun just talking about one specific topic, which we did for three hours during the last recording. Wow. Uh, that'll be edited down somewhat, but it was a lot of fun to just kind of like really geek out and nerd out and just talk about something you're really passionate about. So if you like Urusei Yatsura or Lum or even don't know that much about it, but want to know more about uh, the Urusei Yatsura anime. If you're Lum curious. If you're Lum curious. Check out Lum Squad, the podcast. Mm-hmm. Just feed that into your search bar and that'll result in something. Something good. You know, I think you just have safe search on just in case. <laughs> Maybe just, medium. Just just in case my <laughs> cock is out there somewhere. You know, it's always out and about, you know, you know what it's like on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Went shopping the other day, I don't know what I got. Oh dear. Came out with a couple of plastic bags and a, a shoe box. God knows what for. <laughs> <laughs> dear. Oh my. Oh my. Oh my. All right, everyone. Thank you very much for listening to Game Life Balance Australia, the Australian edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. You can visit us on the web at GameLifeBalanceAustralia.com. Uh, Cody has been doing a couple of solo projects lately, so yeah. check those out. I, did, I listened to the one he did with the guy who wrote The Console Wars. Yeah, that was good. Uh, that was interesting. Yeah, he's got a new book out about the Oculus. He, he dishes the dirt. He does dish the dirt indeed. The dirt is dished. It is, that is actually a really fascinating listen just because of how it all started and how it all ended, because uh, yeah. he did not uh, make a lot of friends by the end of that book, but yes. he kept his integrity, which is what I really like. It's fascinating how he went in thinking that it would be one thing, and yep. then it turned out to be another thing. Indeed. Um, yeah, so right. listen to that, and and maybe buy his book as well, which is called something. <laughs> I'll look it up in a minute while you talk about the other things that are going on. Right, you can follow me on Twitter at ProdTally, and you can visit our official Twitter feed, which is now, I think, is a... F- Almost officially dead. Robert. The book is called The History of the Future. We were, we were, we were talking about GLB Australia, the Twitter feed. Oh, yes, that thing. Uh, yeah, that, that Twitter feed ain't happening. But <laughs> let's, let's follow it, though. Follow it, though. God, I hate you so much. Because it's hate good. I you so much. It's good. There'll be a good tweet. You totty. <laughs> if you enjoy our show, please rate us and give us a positive review on iTunes. And uh, tell your mates, too. I'm AC. And I'm Rob. See you later. Toodle pip. Salada. <laughs>